The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas celebrating the amazing birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now we've got our eyes focused on the new year. Today we're wrapping up our December series entitled Creating Victory. And our prayer with this series has been to empower you as we move toward 2021. Our genuine hope is to finish 2020 in the power of Jesus Christ and to put in place the plans attitudes, and intentional responses to the enemy, which will bring about victory in 2021. In part one of Creating Victory, we talked about shaping operations, and those amounted to shaping ourselves, our hearts, our attitudes, uh, an attitude of gratitude and humility as we approach everything. We said that victory doesn't happen, but that it is won with intentionality by shaping the conditions which produce it. In part two, we talked about planning, and in part three, we talked about how the enemy might respond to our plans and our efforts. As we wrap up the series today with part four, I'm going to say something which might be difficult to hear, and it is this. As hard as this year has been, we should not expect 2021 to be easier. Spiritually, politically, economically, and socially, There is every indication that the coming year will be equally hard. And I don't say that to be a downer. I say it to encourage in each of us the spirit of fierce strength and determination in our faith. The Bible tells us that the harder things are, the closer Jesus is to each of us. I believe with all my heart that this is true. And we're going to talk about that today. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my courageous wingman. Hello, everyone. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, in all our struggles, we know that you are with us. You have said that you are close to the brokenhearted and that you save those who are crushed in spirit. You have also said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church, and we know that we are your church. And so although this has been a difficult year, our consolation is that by faith, everything will bring us closer to you, and that by our faith, 
we will not be put to shame. Dear Lord, help us to be strong. Help us to stand firm as we await the culmination of your amazing plans. Do not let us be discouraged. Help us, Father, to trust in you, to not lean on our own very limited understanding, and to know that you are doing wonderful things beyond our imaginations. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Friends, as we close out this very difficult year and prepare for 2021, I would like to propose the following. As Christians, we must be careful not to attach ourselves to the outcomes that we envision are necessary, correct, and appropriate. Our vision and understanding are limited. We're not in the business of outcomes. We're in the process business. Christianity is about walking in obedience and faith. Our confidence is in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not according to what we know, but according to what he has told us. He is in the outcomes business. And we know that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. So it's not about elections and taxes and COVID. It's about the faith which says, This is my mission, and I will stand firm each day, and by my personal, local, and courageous actions, God's will will come to pass. So, is that unfair to say that as Christians, we must not be overly attached to the outcomes? Oh, it's not unfair at all. It's it's the truth. How does it sit with you, just like on a heart level? Well, I mean, human level... We, we want our ways. We want when, you know, I would think, and I've done it before, pray to God. We want a certain thing to happen. That thing doesn't happen. We're attached to it. But turns out if what actually happens, maybe something different than what we prayed for, turns out to be better because he knew better. It's just, yeah. it's just hard detaching, but it's the place to be. Yeah, there's a saying that if you get 10 pilots in a room, you're going to get 15 opinions about the same thing. (laughs) And if each of those pilots gets his way, then we are not a nation under God. The only way we're a nation under God is if God has his way and we submit. He knows better. He really does. Uh, And, you know, he never ceases to amaze and his plans are completely unpredictable. Um, Okay, uh, I was watching Blue Bloods. It's okay. You, I love That's the show. Season, You're allowed to like it. <laughs> thank you. Season 11, episode one was on the other day. And in this episode, a daughter's father's body had been misplaced. Mm. Uh, she couldn't find it at the morgue. She didn't know where it was. He had been in uh, an old folks home. He had passed away. Mm. The body was misplaced. He was very poor. They were poor their whole lives. And... As they try and sort this out, she finds out that one of the the family is going to help her. And it turns out that through a strange twist, his first name and last name were reversed. Nobody knew who he was. So he was buried in the, the potter's field across the water. And when they went to identify his grave, it was on this beautiful grassy slope facing the water. Mm. And the daughter who had been incredibly angry throughout the show was amazed because she said he always loved the water and he loved the view of the city and never in a million years could they have afforded such a beautiful spot. And here he is on this grassy hill facing the water in New York City. Wow. And uh, again, you may think I'm nuts, but as I watched that, I thought to myself, God just does 
amazing things. Oh, yeah. And when we become attached to the outcome, not only do we take our eye off the ball, the, the daily walking out of faith, right. but we become very self-oriented. Yes. And if we're all self-oriented, then where's the church? Because the church is the body of believers who submit to Jesus Christ. Right. And we also may miss an opportunity because we're so attached to the way that we want it. And God has something better. And we may miss an opportunity. It's just so true. And so as we uh, stand uh, looking toward this new year, and there's so much in the news and so much has happened, we can each sit here and say, if this thing doesn't happen at the political level or the economic level, then, oh man, we're in big trouble. But I would like to um, propose something different. If things happened at the political level the way we, in our limited understanding, think they should happen, right? then we would defer to that political level. And again, the idea that there's a top-down solution would be reinforced. So if God is mobilizing an army of Christian warriors who go out each day and walk in faith and love, we can't have the idea that it's going to happen at the political level. We have to know in our hearts that it's going to happen tomorrow morning when each of us wakes up, hits our knees, prays, says our prayers, reads the Bible, and walks that out. Right. So, in fact, to reinforce the fact that there is no top-down solution, there is only a bottom-up solution which requires Christians to be courageous, then we can't get our way. Yeah, we bring the change by walking in the light. Right. So, I was reading in my Bible this morning, in Matthew chapter 19, the Pharisees are talking to Jesus, and they're trying to trap him in a conversation about divorce. And Jesus began his answer in verse 4, saying, haven't you read? I love it because the bottom line for each of us is that we ask, what is in the Bible? With all of these crazy conversations and even arguments that are taking place, we ask, what does the Bible say? And I think the coming year is going to give us a lot of opportunities to do that. And I think one way to quiet the noise diminish the quarreling and all of that stuff is to just say, what does the Bible say? So I picked out a bunch of verses where the Bible talks about God's mysterious ways. So we know we've heard it said the Lord works in mysterious ways, but that's actually not said in the Bible per se. But there are many verses which allude to it. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We can't imagine what God sees from his level and how he puts it together, because, as Dr. Martin Luther King said, the arc of the universe is long, mm. and only God knows it. Right. And so us acting like two-year-olds in a very reactive desire to have our ways because all we can see is that this thing must happen here and now, otherwise it's all over, is uh, a failure of faith. Yeah, and it, it, I just think about waking up 
in a state of wonder and awe, um, you know, given what God has done, looking at what he has done for you and how you would approach the world in a state of wonder and awe versus the opposite of that is getting up and being, you know, grouchy and dark and gloomy because you're not getting what you want. Right. I want to, I want to choose the first. I mean, yeah, fact I, is I sometimes that. I, you get yourself in a place yeah, and you do. get a little bit off, but then you come back to the word and you come back to the things that, that are true. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who would have ever imagined that a young kid born in South Africa into a Jewish family is now a colonel in the Marines in the United States talking to you about Jesus. Right. So I'm an African-American Jew who believes in Jesus, if that's not nutty enough for you. So the Lord's <laughs> thank ways. Thank you, God. Thank you. Uh, here's another verse which speaks to the Lord's mysterious and wonderful ways. Romans chapter 11, verse 34. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Here's another one. Habakkuk chapter one, verse five. Look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. It speaks to that wonder. I didn't know you were going to bring that one up, but that's exactly if we can get in that state of wonder and awe and see everything through the lens of faith. So sometimes people, I've said this on the show before, people ask me my opinion. Um, and I often say, is anything I say going to affect what you do tomorrow when you wake up? Right. So friends, let's say all of the things we wish would take place at the highest political levels or economic levels actually come to pass. Does it change what you do tomorrow morning when you wake up? That's a good point. I, I, I would say the answer is no, because tomorrow morning we're going to wake up. We're going to talk to the Lord. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to try and orient our hearts toward him. We're going to fix our eyes on him. Maybe throughout the day at each meal, we'll say grace and we'll have the opportunity to slow the day down and and look back toward God so that the furthest we can drift away from him is is the four hours or so between meals. And if we come from that place, knowing that he is working a wonderful work, then what do we have to be agitated about? Right. We don't. So I guarantee you my Marines in Afghanistan did not always know what I was thinking. They did not always know where I was coming from, but they did always know that they could count on me. And they did always know that if they did what I wanted, then I would have a plan because I'm nothing if not a planner. Right. Well, you're more than nothing and a planner. <laughs> Thank you. So here's an interesting one. Uh, right after Moses turns the Israelites over to Joshua and they're about to take the promised land, the first battle that they have is Jericho and it's a big fortress and they're thinking it's going to be uh, very difficult to assault this fortified city. And the Lord speaks to Joshua and he says, have the Israelites march around the walls once every day for six days with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And on the seventh day, they marched around the walls. Then the priests blew the ram's horns and the Israelites raised a great shout and the walls of the city fell. So who could have thought that? Who could have figured that out? Right. 
And yet, if they'd have done what they thought, they would have hoped to succeed in what probably would have been a very bloody battle. And maybe it would have been a near-run thing. Maybe they would have lost. Instead, they did it the Lord's way. They focused on the process that the Lord had identified for them. Hey, walk it out for, and notice, a week. Speaking of being here and in the, the radio show, just a quick story I, ha- I just have to share is if I had turned away from what God was showing me, we might not be here today doing the show. Right. That is true. Because I was going to kind of give up coaching. I had a medical situation going on and I was like, I'm going to go get a job, get good health insurance, hopefully. And in that time, he was working on me, showed me the path, came here and voila, somebody says, hey, divorce coaching hour would have never considered a radio show. And the next thing you know, that's growing. You're coming in. I'm sharing the show opportunity with you. And we're here today. Folks. Yeah. So when I speak to the need to focus on the new year despite hardships. I am not speaking as somebody who has experienced no hardships. And what Christie's alluding to is that in 2018 and 2019, I went through a very painful divorce. And as a man who wants to speak for God, I had never wanted to be a man who was failed in his marriage, and it was intensely painful. Uh, painful for myself, my family. And it was through that divorce that I came to know Christy as we met on her radio show when I talked about walking through divorce in a spiritual way so as to endure something hard as God would have us do. And she had me on her show, and that's how we met. And it was there that uh, I was heard on the radio and that I came to know KKHT and that when I prayed December 31st, 2019, I was in Tokyo. I think I said this in a recent episode. I was about to fly to San Francisco and I prayed that God would use me for his purposes in 2020. And seven days later, I got a call from the radio station saying, hey, would you come in and talk about a radio show? And a year later, friends, we are uh, at episode 49. So we're just three episodes short of 52 from this very painful uh, divorce and all that that uh, entails. Here we have this opportunity and we just never know how God will work in our lives. And uh, a friend of mine uh, has a saying, it doesn't count when it's easy. And so it wasn't easy to go through that divorce, Mm -hmm. but being faithful as I walked it out, I kept saying to myself, when this is over in a year's time, I want to be a man that can read his Bible and not feel like a hypocrite. For my ex-wife, I must be forgiving and generous. And for my children, I must be understanding. Otherwise, how can I ever come to God with integrity and honesty? And it was that desire to just walk things out honestly and um, as righteously as a, a human can walk that led me here. And in that, even though it felt like walls crumbling, it's now created a new place uh, and, you know, thank you, God, you wouldn't have, you couldn't have seen this, but right. you walked it out and here you are helping others, bringing them to Christ. Right. 
And so I don't say uh, without understanding. I've been in combat. I've been in personal combat. I've been uh, through a lot of different things from the loss of my father uh, and a divorce and so forth. So it is with humility and love that I say, as we stand uh, on the eve of this new year, we just walk it out one day at a time and have faith that God will make of everything what he wants. And that's the truth. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, and it says, This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Friends, our focus should be on the process and not the outcome. As heaven is above the earth, so God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God will act in our lives in ways we could never imagine, and he will bring all things together for good, exceeding our every expectation, especially through our struggles. And I can testify to that. So we cannot lean on our own understanding. Our thinking is limited, and divine things rarely work the way we think they should. And thank you, God, for that. When we focus on the outcome, it is the outcome for which we hope, given our limited thinking. When we focus on the process, then the will of God can be achieved through us. And our quote of the day explains this perfectly. There is some question as to attribution, but most people say that Hazrat Khan, who lived from 1882 to 1927, wrote this poem. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to learn to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me a brain and brawn to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for love, and God gave me people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted. I received everything I needed. That's so awesome. I love that. It's, uh, I'm at a loss for words. I know. It does make you speechless. Friends, so true. It's amazing. Uh, we serve a great God and we are loved and he is faithful. As we wrap up for the day and the year, we at Courageous Christianity wish you faith, hope, and love in 2021. Though our circumstances may not always be of our choosing, To whom we give our hearts, our thoughts, and our efforts is something over which we have complete control, and that is Courageous Christianity. Friends, Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Should you want to contribute to this ministry, you can find us at CourageousChristianity.today. Or you may do so by texting the amount you'd like to donate to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we'll send you a signed copy of my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. So again, that's CourageousChristianity.today or 
800-259-4940. We're so grateful for your listenership and for your support. Should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. And if you want to catch previous episodes of Courageous Christianity or of the series, you can listen to them at kkht.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. Thank you for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ and with all our hearts and prayers. We wish you a blessed and courageous new year. God bless and semper fi.